we need to keep shouting about women's achievements and keep quiet about what they look like while they're doing it. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. My guest today is no stranger to hard work and discipline. She is a professional athlete and Team GB Olympian. She started off with gymnastics at the age of four. She later competed in the heptathlon in the Youth World Championships. She won a silver medal at the Youth Winter Olympics in the bobsleigh. And in 2014, she represented Great Britain in the Commonwealth Games, where she won a silver medal in the long jump and was just two centimetres away from taking the gold. As well as studying law at university, in her spare time, she is also a singer and songwriter as well. She documents her training on Instagram and YouTube. So whilst I'm training here in the cold this winter, I can live vicariously through her Instagram stories in sunny Florida. But she's back currently in the UK. Welcome to the studio, Jasmine Sawyers. Thank you so much, Adrian. You are the queen of intros. Oh, Every thanks. intro I've heard from this podcast has been phenomenal. So yes. thank you for that. You're welcome. I love the intro. And I'm so happy to have you here in the studio today. I'm so glad to be here. As soon as I saw you were doing a podcast, I got all excited and then you asked me to come on. I'm even more excited. Everything's, everything's great. Win. Uh, so the last time I saw you was... Um, at an Adidas event here in London and you in one of my workouts you were actually front row jazz I remember spotting you kind of near the back and I was like Jasmine get to the front this is the thing is <laughs> whenever I go to a class uh, a public class people if anyone knows that I am sort of an actual Olympic athlete they're like oh come to the front you'll be great at this but I'm very it's very Liam Neeson I have a very specific set of skills and they do not include normal classes because yeah. I don't I hardly ever do anything where I'm moving for an hour Right. You know, it's all max power output. So I knew, I knew your session was going to kill me. No, no, but did it? It was fun. I mean, it was, oh, it was fun. It was fun, but it, it was hard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, guys, it's going to be fun. Get to the front. I was scared. And that night we, uh, was when there was a live, like intimate performance from Dua Lipa. I mean, Cash. she is amazing. She's and incredible. she performed as if she was in Wembley and it was to about 40 people. Yeah. Like it's, you know, great event. Amazing. Um, so I have got, oh my gosh, so many things I want to talk to you about today. I've already listed just a few of your incredible sporting achievements. Honestly, researching you was fascinating. You've had such a diverse career already. And it seems to me that you are someone with a lot of different talents and many different passions from competing in the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games to singing live on TV, on The Voice, to hosting and interviewing athletes on the red carpet at award shows. You're doing so many things and I want to talk to you about all of it. So are you ready? I think I'm good to go. Let's, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So as I said, you started competing at a very young age. Yes. So was there someone that inspired you to get into sports or can you remember a particular moment or an event when you just thought, yes, that is what I want. I want to be in the Olympics. So right at the start, it wasn't really like that. I just wanted to compete. I've always been so competitive that I just 
wanted a chance to win whatever it was that's what I was looking to do so when I started out in gymnastics it wasn't like I'd you know I was four I hadn't seen any gymnasts on tv that I'd kind of resonated with I'd just gone oh this is something that I'm quite good at I want to beat everyone else at it um but as I got a bit older um I watched the 2000 Sydney Olympics and watched Denise Lewis win gold in the heptathlon and that I mean I was only what six but that was a huge inspiration I was like right there you go I want to do that I want to be like her a couple of years later she uh, released an autobiography and I must have read it seven eight times when I was a kid um and just wanted to be Denise Lewis wow okay that's super interesting and when you were so talk to me about your family growing up like do you have siblings yeah I've got two little brothers so I'm the oldest so I'm the the test child everything gets (laughs) okay but you're the oldest that's really interesting as well I don't know why I thought you might be a middle child oh really yeah but are you so you said that you've always been competitive were you competitive with your siblings or more just with your peers oh um for some reason there's never been a competition between me and my siblings just the I've got two younger brothers there's three years between all of us Mm -hmm. um and no, we just, we never competed against each other. It just hasn't been like that. Always with my peers. Okay. Um, my brothers were both sporty when we were kids. Um, the youngest one is as competitive as me. The middle one is more talented than both of us, than both of us but couldn't care less. Just really? wasn't interested in, in a lot of competition. He did athletics for a while and yeah. then didn't fancy it. It's interesting, isn't it? I think you, you know, you, the, com- the competitiveness and the ambitiousness, I think is something that you, especially as a child, you either have or you don't. It's and you it- can't ask a child to be more competitive or to be more ambitious. Like you said, even if they are mega, mega talented, you have to like have, you have to want it yourself. Exactly. It's either in you or it's not, I think, especially at that young age, it takes quite a lot to want to tear yourself away from normal play things to actually go and compete and train and have some discipline. I think you just have to want it. Yeah, for sure. So how did your parents support you in your pursuit of, you know, your career in athletics? Presumably they had to take you to training sessions and to competitions. I guess once it becomes more than just a hobby, it's like a big commitment for the whole family. Massive. I mean, so it was the the training competitions. My mum even became an accredited official so that when she came to competitions, she would measure the long jump and and check the high jump and do things on the track um but sort of beyond that when I got to 16 I really felt like I needed to train more I needed to take it more seriously um and I really wanted to go to a boarding school so I could train full-time because they had a full-size track um Millfield School in Somerset and it was just utopia for me we went to visit and I couldn't believe that they had coaches that were just employed as coaches that weren't just PE teachers that yeah. also did some coaching you know it was it was something else they had a strength and conditioning coach at a school um but it was out of the question it was so expensive yeah. and um when it came to it I managed to get a scholarship but the scholarship they didn't do full ones oh. um and so my parents you know sold one of the cars um and made a whole bunch of sacrifices so that I could do that and you know that really does become a whole family affair yeah so you went you did go I went wow that's Um, amazing that they did that for you but that's how I ended up getting into bobsleigh I would never have done it if I hadn't gone to that school because they came recruiting to that school um and met the coach that took me to the olympics wow okay so it's a combination then isn't it of obviously your talent and dedication and hard work but as you said that opportunity perhaps would never have come to you had you stayed in a mainstream education exactly it's been a massive team effort and my parents have been the whole reason I've been able to do everything. I think my parents have also been my inspiration for things and that the way we were brought up was very much like, well, if you want to do things, you work hard, you decide what it is you want to do um, and you work hard and you go and get it. 
because for a while I wasn't allowed to swap from gymnastics to athletics because it was you've committed to this right um so you're going to see it out until you see the end of your commitment Mm. uh, and then you can make a new one if you want yeah and I guess that's really I guess that was probably a really good lesson for you as a child because I think you know when you're a kid you do kind of flip between things and you know maybe you'll do this maybe do that and although I think it's very important to try lots of things it's also like you can't try something then as soon as it gets hard you know like a lot of kids when they start a musical instrument as soon as it gets difficult they're like oh I'm bored of that but actually if they pursued it and as you said were kind of encouraged you have to stick with it to this point yeah then they might get to that point and be like oh actually I'm actually quite good at this and I'm enjoying it now so hmm, might take that might put that in my little parenting uh, notebook for myself <laughs> um but i'm sure they're so proud of you now they must be must you know it's all worth it their their sacrifice paid off oh they are they're so proud they come and watch as much as they can um they have become athletic well they were already athletics fans i think my mum is the most pleased that i swapped from gymnastics to athletics because she said yeah i always would have come and watched you do gymnastics but i'm not that interested but i love athletics right. she's already got an interest in it um yeah. but they're they're so proud and every they came to sports personality the other the other week when i was singing and presenting yeah. and i think the fact that now they're both retired they get to sit and watch the things that they gave up come into fruition mm-hmm. the fact that now I'm, I'm able to do all these things because of them yeah I, I know they're really proud and i'm super grateful wow that's amazing so i'd love to talk to you more about your training as i'm sure anybody would agree you do not become one of the best athletes in the world without being focused and dedicated and as you said without some sacrifice and consistent grind and hard work so what's your training like how do you train to be an olympian how do you train to be a long jumper like how many times a week what tell us everything okay so different training regimes that i've been in have all been different so there's no one prescribed you have to do five days a week six days a week this many times a day it's been different every coach that i've been with at the moment my schedule is i train technically monday through saturday sunday's completely off but wednesdays and saturdays are active recovery so you have to train um but it's not a full day but monday tuesday thursday friday are intense we have a hard track session and a hard gym session on all four of those days wow um track could be anything from actual running um to plyometrics bounding on the grass um to drills technical work actual long jumping this time of year though no long jump at all i won't start long jumping for another couple of weeks um because the indoor season starts in a couple of months Uh, i think so many people when they ask oh how often do you jump i say well i haven't jumped since september Mm. um which is months ago now and so much of the training is one getting fit to do more training so that we can have longer long jump sessions when it comes to it um and two getting fast and strong those are the most important qualities of a long jumper is speed and power Mm -hmm. so that's what we train for sort of olympic lifting um power work and sprinting Wow, it sounds amazing. It's like really inspiring me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to come. Honestly, one, I'm going to ask you if I can come and shadow or like come to one of your training sessions for a day or like something. I would just love it. We should do a session. Can I come? I'll take you through a, a sort of standard day. Well, I'm going to give you a standard day. I'll give you a tough day. Cause I think oh no, you, so, so you're gonna, I think I you can you're handle it. give me an easy day. No, you can <laughs> handle it. <laughs> I might regret this, guys. Stay posted. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But oh, it sounds absolutely fascinating and so with that i guess you have to be considered about nutrition and about sleep um i've heard you know athletes talk a lot about you can only train as hard as you can recover you know so like how quickly you can recover should i say so yeah do you have to go to bed early i do but it's actually quite easy because i'm training in america at the moment um 
I most of my friends are in the UK, so I have no one to talk to at night. So I go to bed really early. I go to bed <laughs> early too. <laughs> I go to bed so early in the states just because kind of my day's over. Um, there's nothing left to do. Right. But generally, I found sleep to be my secret weapon. Right. Um, my I keep my sleep tracked uh, through my watch and then on my phone. And the week that I jumped my personal best was the week of that the best week of sleep I've ever had. Wow. Which I found really interesting because almost nothing else changed. My normal training regime in a competition week was the same. Um, sleep to win. But I, I slept my way to to a personal best. I wrote a post called Sleep to Win. I mean, it was after reading Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Have you read that book? Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so happy that other people are just, <laughs> you're speaking my language because honestly, people must get bored of me saying, go to bed early, get up early. But for someone else to say it as well, I'm like, yes. It's important. I think it's way more important than we think because you get so used to, less sleep and you mm. think you're fine until you get a prolonged period of, of actual sleep that you need and then all of a sudden life's different yeah and i think i saw maybe back at this might have been a one-off so you might be like i don't do that regularly but i think i saw on your instagram stories once after a training session that you went home to nap yeah i do that all the time you do that a lot okay and time. that's good for in between obviously really hard training yeah i find well when we talk power hour stuff i mm-hmm. will come back to that oh okay mm-hmm. great okay interested to hear about that i don't nap so maybe i should Ooh. um okay so something else i want to talk to you about is i guess what i've observed recently is that as well as training and competing many young athletes are now also documenting and sharing their journey as i said you know you share videos on youtube and you post regularly on instagram so i guess years ago it was maybe a bit simpler you know being an athlete they could just focus on you know eat sleep repeat eat sleep train repeat and before we had netflix series and social media and youtube channels for i guess athletes didn't have this other stage as well so how important do you think that it is for young athletes to build a personal brand and to showcase their personality online and how do you manage both whilst remaining super focused and training really hard what i think is really interesting is that there might be a notion that before all the social media people would just sleep train eat repeat um but athletics especially hasn't been professional for that long so it hasn't been that many years that an athlete has been able to just sleep train uh, compete and repeat because it wasn't a job no one was paying us okay. well us it, i've never been in that era but it has really hasn't been that long you know my coaches um that were previous athletes have said to me you know you're living in a golden era where this can be your job mm. because for a lot of people it wasn't um years ago i had the chance to interview sir roger bannister um and he was telling me about how when he was training for the olympics he was also studying neuroscience and then he was an actual brain surgeon while he was competing what yeah because it wasn't a job no one was paying you well well it's um, still the case for some people it's still I the case for so many met the hockey team the the yes. gb team and yeah there were some of them like yeah i'm a teacher i'm a pe teacher i'm a school teacher because they're not being paid enough this is it and so social media for a lot of athletes is part of the job because it's not you're not going out and doing a traditional job the way you're earning money is through sponsors and sponsors now look to your Instagram, to your YouTube, it's your business card because they need to find a way to justify paying you. They go, okay, well, do you have influence? Do you have reach? Do you have a following of people that are going to buy our things based on you wearing them? Sure. Um, and so for me, it's part of the job. I think you can make a living just from competing there's prize money um, and there's appearance fees if you're good enough and you're popular enough but it's really hard really really hard to make a living just off of that um, 
And so my primary way of making more money is and, and keeping myself afloat, mm. especially training in America, because I think some people think you kind of go out there and it gets paid for, but but no, you've got to pay for your coaching and you pay for where you're staying and your travel and everything is through having a, a, an online presence. And I think sometimes it's hard to get the balance in, am I doing this because it's work mm-hmm. or am I doing this because I'm addicted to it? Yeah, and it's fun. Um, <laughs> it's it's so fun. It's a hobby. <laughs> Your Instagram's very fun. It's, you don't take yourself too seriously. No, you know? I have a lot of fun with it, but sometimes I'm on it too much. Yeah. And I think, okay, well, I need to take a bit of a break here because I'm not actually focused on my training. Right. You know, I've, I've caught myself in the past thinking, um, I'm just going to do an extra rep because I want to get a decent photo of it. And you think that's not, yeah. that's not elite training. Mm-hmm. So I've had to check myself a lot. Um, in these past couple of years as social media as a job has increased Mm. to me thinking actually no your primary job is to train and compete yeah that's interesting but as you said it is important it's like nowadays it's integral right for everyone who I I think within any industry now I I don't think it harms you to have a social media presence and to share what you're doing and to document I guess for not only um, you know like you said for brands and uh, for work opportunities but also to I guess for me anyway, you know, it's been part of a community and kind of encouraging others. You must encourage and inspire so many young women who want to be athletes or who are, you know, athletes. Maybe they're not professional and training. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. I think the community of of already pro athletes is great because there's a lot of people that I would only see once or twice a year at competitions, but we've built this online community. And then I absolutely love the chance to be able to speak to the younger generation of athletes. I know that when I was six, for example, watching Denise Lewis on at the Olympics, if I could have sent her an Instagram message and that would, I knew would go straight to her and she yeah. could have replied, that would have been mind blowing to me. So yeah. the fact that that's now available, I really try and get back to everybody and you know, I don't want to say, oh, I try and inspire because I feel like that's such a, that's such a big headed way of thinking of it. But I know that when I was that age and an athlete, I would have loved to speak to people who were already in that position so social media really gives us that chance yeah. um, which wasn't there before yeah it's amazing so I guess what comes with that though on the on I guess um, on the other side of media is you know doing things like photo shoots for brands and for magazines it's this whole other world which I believe inherently comes with a lot of pressure especially for women and I think it can be incredibly difficult to cultivate self-confidence within that environment so how have you managed to do that I don't know if I've I've got it right yet. Okay. Um, it can be really hard, especially when um, it's the photo shoots and things. But then when on top of that, it, you're then on national TV um, and you're just trying to do your job. But so many people are watching and you're in a little crop top and little shorts and everyone's got something to say. And you know how it is. You'll, you zone in on the negative comments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a bad competition once and someone tweeted, well, um, it's no wonder she didn't make the final uh, chubby long jumpers don't win gold. As if. And then that just gets to you and it gets in your head. And sometimes you'll be standing there on the runway ready to go and there's a big screen mm. and you can and you catch a glimpse of yourself mm. and you think, oh, do I look like that? And all of a sudden these thoughts are in your head and that doesn't just come from me standing there on the runway thinking that. That comes from the pressure from outside yeah. in the media yeah. saying you're supposed to look a certain way. And you're a human being as well. So exactly. I think it would be, you know, ridiculous for, for somebody to think, well, you know, we can say, oh, I don't care what I look like and, you know, you know what you can achieve. I mean, I can't believe I haven't brought this up sooner. Please correct me if I get this wrong. Your personal best for the long jump, six meters, 86 centimeters. Now, for anyone listening who's like, I don't have a frame of reference for what that is. It's insane. It's absurd. It's actually like inhumane. You are five foot four. Yeah, five, five foot, foot four? three. Five foot three. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
she's five foot three this is insane like i just feel like for people to kind of like stand up like stand up jump i know you have a run up but you know jump as far as you can you'd be lucky to clear like two meters you are literally flying it's insane so i'm sure you can be like i'm insane like i'm amazing i'm a superhero i can jump that far however like you said you're a human so there's gonna be times when you're like yeah i can jump that far but oh how do i look in the mirror at that size that angle or that photograph or that like you said in this tiny pair of shorts i mean your photos look incredible and you know your legs and your muscles and everything but i mean well that brings me on to something actually that i want to talk about i heard you speak on anoni's podcast yes and i have never related to anything more in my life you were talking about body types and you know having a very athletic body type which I also have and have had for my entire life for as long as I can remember and I just think it's interesting how the media and beauty standards seem to pendulum between these extremes so for example when I was I guess in my late teens it was all about skinny it was skinny this skinny that it was skinny on the cover of every magazine the, the term skinny bitch was a compliment it honestly it was this <laughs> yeah. like skinny was the aspiration then um I feel like when I was in my early 20s strong is the new skinny that tagline came in which i still personally i find very problematic for a lots of lots of reasons but you know that was that then we kind of went into this um narrative of desirable body types being curvy and we should be doing squats to aspire to have you know a kim kardashian bum and it's just exhausting you know the trends can change but your body type won't and shouldn't and i just feel like for me like I said in my 20s it was almost suddenly you know I was using Instagram I was working with brands I was doing these things I was working with magazines and it was suddenly like oh strong is the new skinny and your body type is now seen as desirable and seen as acceptable so suddenly it's like oh it's okay for you to have muscles but not too much muscles it's okay for you to be toned and strong and like let's all aspire to that but that's been my body type since I was 12 like having a six-pack when you're 12 you know I'm not a professional athlete I'm not an Olympian I was you know teased for that and i think you know it's such a complex thing that we're dealing with and i don't know what do you think about this kind of how the media is playing into that and how does it yeah i guess affect athletes well it's i firstly agree with everything i've heard just there from you because it's it's infuriating the way that it shifts and how some things become cool and then oh that's out so you shouldn't try and look like that anymore or i don't want to see this kind of body on my screen anymore as a kid I had a six pack as a little kid, but I didn't want it. So I desperately didn't want it. Same. I just wanted to get rid of it. And then I don't remember when it happened, but at some point it became, let me keep my six pack because it's it's cool now. Exactly. And people want to see my six pack now. And it's a, it's a good thing. Hmm. Whereas in the past it was, oh, you're a man. Yeah, exactly. I got that. It was like, I got called Will Smith at school. <laughs> seriously seriously and and, you know it's exactly what you said you know it suddenly became cool everybody women wanted six packs and you know even fitness magazines you know health lifestyle magazines whatever they were promoting you know how to get abs how to get a six pack and as you said it became desirable but you know what's the next trend going to be you know how can you keep up it's frustrating we shouldn't be putting bodies out there as in this is what you need to look like Mm -hmm. we just should be seeing representation of so many different body types because if as a young girl, I'd seen bodies like mine often in the media. I don't think I'd have had body confidence issues at that age. Yeah. I wouldn't have been thinking, oh, I shouldn't look like this and I want to be skinnier. Um, yeah. But then there are people now who go, well, I, I, I'm, I really struggle to put muscle on in this way or I'm just not naturally curvy and that's quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. None of these bodies are wrong. Yeah. You, sh- you don't have to look a certain way, but I, we're still pushed to do it. Yeah. And you know, I, I've noticed at different times in my career when my weights fluctuated, I get more work 
for brands and people one very very telling way to do it is at competitions how many photos are available of you afterwards when wow. you're trying to find pictures to post or um just generally you know to have just to see how you got on competing um when you're looking less muscly people take loads of this, this so many pictures available from the pro photographers oh my goodness because it's still that desirability of women to look a certain way even when you're standing there as a you're a professional athlete you could be athletic you're not, not there to be athletic. yeah you're not there to be oh it's it is as you said very frustrating i don't know how it's going to change though how i mean you know with with women going out and doing what they're doing within sport surely it should be less that you know the least important thing in the conversation is what they look like it should be and i think we're moving in the right direction because we're celebrating women in sport for being sports women instead mm. of for being attractive um yes. and we're moving towards that we just need to keep doing it we need to keep shouting about women's achievements and keep quiet about what they look like while they're doing it. On a more positive note, I absolutely love athletics. Track and field is by far my favourite above any other sport. So what do you love the most about athletics? I firstly love hearing that because hardly anyone says their favourite sport is athletics. So really? I, yeah, honestly. People say, oh yeah, I always watch it when it's on, but I love football. I always watch it when it's on, but... Oh no, I love it. Love it. I My favourite thing about it is that there are so many different kinds of athletes within it in that you've got a shot putter and you've got a long distance runner and those are two very different people. It's almost like there's something for everyone in athletics. Um, when it comes to something like the Commonwealth Games, para-athletics is merged with able-bodied athletics. So it doesn't even become Paralympics and Olympics. It just becomes one big event. Same thing with a lot of the Diamond Leagues. They're now integrating the para-sport. I think it's a very inclusive sport. Um, and I think it's hard to do that in, in a lot of places. Um, also, the men and women compete on a level playing field in athletics because you can't watch men's athletics or women's athletics you have to just come and watch all of us so if you're trying to come and see men's sports sorry we're here too great um so it is it's very inclusive diverse i think that's my favorite thing about it yeah i love that what has been the biggest challenge that you have had to overcome okay honestly i was i was so ready for this question because i remember listening to you and zana chat Mm -hmm. and you guys saying how you've never had an issue with working hard because it just sort of you've always wanted to it kind of comes naturally that does not come naturally to me i'm lazy okay i'm so lazy <laughs> um so i have to push myself to do things and i know that sounds really ridiculous because you know i've done a lot of things um but i i feel like it takes so much effort just to get little things done okay um I, that's just your personality yeah i just think that's my personality and i don't know if you know i say oh i'm lazy and but I'm I sure you're probably being pretty harsh on yourself. No, I think no. naturally I really want to do nothing. I think some people are like, no, 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 I can't sit still, I can't sit still. And it's a strange one because I do fill my time, but it's because I don't want to be that lazy person. I don't want to be who I actually think internally I am. Mm. Super. So I think one of my biggest challenges is actually making myself do things. Okay. Like in the morning, like okay, you need to actually get up and and do things. Most days that becomes a little bit. It's a challenge. Hard. Yeah, it's yeah. generally a challenge. Um, but in terms of actual athletics, um, toughest thing is not getting picked for teams. Okay. Because you work for years and then it doesn't come. And I think a lot of people don't realize they say, oh, are you going to the next Olympics? I don't know. Right. When is it? Two years time. When will you find out? One month before. Really? Yeah. So how come some people will say now, yeah, like I'm training for, uh, it's 20, We're all training 2020, for it. I'm training for the Olympic, but you're all training for yeah. it, but you've not actually confirmed that you're going. No, the trials are just over a month before. Wow. So we're all training for it. And I think people say that as a sort of 
positive mental attitude kind of thing like mm. oh i will be there yeah. um but you don't get confirmed until just just over a month before that is super interesting because i remember thinking once i think you sent me a dm jazz when i'd done like a really early early morning run or workout or something <laughs> and you said to me that i had inspired your morning workout and i nearly fell off my chair because i was like hang on a minute i was like she's an olympian obviously i like put you on a pedestal and this is amazing and secondly i was like if i was training for the olympics i'm like that surely is motivation <laughs> enough every day i have this weird kind of do you know what I mean? That you just bring out of bed every morning and you yeah. look up and you'd see a picture of an Olympic ring, the Olympic rings. <laughs> and you're like, that's what I'm getting out of bed for every damn day. But no, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's so, sometimes it's so, so hard to connect to that when it's right. so far away. Yeah. Especially this time of year, we, we won't compete from September through to potentially May if you don't do an indoor season. If mm. you do, it's February. But even that's quite a long time to be grafting and grinding and to not have anything, any goal mm. um, within sight. So yeah. to kind of, to keep that motivation up. I, I mean it when I say your posts inspire me every morning, right? So I'm in Florida, I'm five hours behind. Every morning I wake up, tap your story. Oh, she was up there. You, there she is running <laughs> yeah. like six, five, six a.m. You're yeah. already up and out. And I'm like, right, okay. She's oh, already done that. that. I can oh, get up and go as well. I love, oh, you're very kind. Honestly, it's like a mutual appreciation society <laughs> up in here. Um, well, I guess I, it's really, yeah, that makes sense though about the long-term goal thing because I guess, again, it depends on your personality because I think for some people they need, um, you know, the favorable outcome to be quite soon. So like, you know, six week goal. Yeah. Even for yeah. some people, it's like a one week goal, you know, to, to start off with. And as you said, if something's, you know, a four year cycle or a two year cycle that's a long time and I guess what comes with that as well is personally when I'm training for a race you know like a 10k or half marathon or something I know it's only a certain amount of weeks away but if I knew okay it's in a year and I was going to miss a week or a run or something you probably think oh it's only one run doesn't matter that's it and that's that's the dangerous bit is because you start to think well it's so far away is this one extra recovery session going to make any difference to a competition in four months time yeah. I know that one isn't, but if that's your attitude, that's what's going to make the difference. Yeah. Um, so you have to keep, try and keep your goals in mind. You have to pick loads of different things that motivate you and just kind of cycle between them. Yeah. I think, you know, saying about being naturally lazy, it's so true, but the reason I've been able to do it is that I hate losing so much. I hate losing way more than I like winning. Really? Yeah. Okay. I hate losing right and since a kid i have i'm marginally better at it now Mm -hmm. um i was a horrible loser as a child my parents had to put up with that um and i think that's what's kept me going right uh, all these years and being able to do these tiny little things Mm. um is not wanting to lose and even even once you reach a big goal so you know i made it to the olympics i still i finished eighth to me i was gutted for days and days and days after that it took a long time for me to process you've just made the olympic final and that's a big achievement because it became we didn't win a medal seven people beat you and that's how it is in my head is that seven people beat me and i go okay i don't want to feel like i did after that olympic final in the next one and so whenever i'm tempted to skip something um, i'm tempted to you know eat the completely wrong thing which you know happens um for performance you know there's no quote-unquote wrong things that's another conversation um then i go back to that and think look this tiny thing could be what makes the difference because like you said before with the commonwealth silver i I lost by two centimeters two centimeters two centimeters and it comes down to that so so often you know three centimeters can be the difference between gold and no metal at all wow so you think okay well maybe this this session is worth half a centimeter 
Yeah, and that's what would get me out of bed. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's so interesting to hear you say that. So honestly, though, because I'm currently halfway through listening to The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Right. Incredible book. Oh, my goodness. It's 28 hours on Audible. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. He's incredible. And basically, it's you know, the fact that you speak so honestly about, you know, that kind of he talks about human nature and as having the dark side and that can be um envy it can be you know all these different things but you know what you described then about going i hate losing so much so many people feel like that but they don't want to admit it not just publicly because there's some kind of shame attached to that sometimes yeah but it's also to themselves and so they won't even enter into something that they could lose in because they hate losing so much i love that you're so honest about using that to fuel you like personally that's not really kind of my Right. psyche with things but i think the fact that you know that and you, you're introspective enough to be able to say you know what i mean to be self-aware and go yeah that works for me i know i don't want to feel that feeling again that i yeah. felt that you know coming eighth that's amazing it can be so negative though because it, it, it winds up in other places in my life so I'll, I'll do a singing performance and feel like it went really badly and then kind of come back to that feeling over and over and over again and it's maybe not the most healthy way to do things all the time but i know that that's going to drive me mm. and if I'm really struggling for motivation to to actually work on something that maybe I don't need to work on, like, like all the sort of extra little projects with me doing singing and things, I don't need to be doing that. But if I don't have a great performance or I don't get booked for a gig, it feels like a loss. Right. And so I'm able to kind of switch that around and go, yeah. okay, we'll, we'll make it happen next time. Well, I encourage you to listen or, or read if you fancy reading a yeah. book that's the size of this <laughs> huge, um, The Laws of Human Nature, because it's amazing. Really amazing. Well. So let's talk about the power hour. Yes. So even though you've self-confessed lazy, which I'm not sure I still buy that. Can you tell me when you're training, when you're in the, is this, you have seasons, right? Training seasons yes. on and off. So when you're training, what time do you get up each day? And what does the first hour of your day involve? Okay. So when I, it depends where I'm training. When I'm training in the States, like I said, I get up, I go to bed really early just because I've got nothing to do in the evenings. So I go to bed sort of, nine or, or before nine most nights um when i'm over in the states and so i'm up by six latest i don't really set an alarm um when i'm in the states because i know i'm never going to need it we don't start training till nine um and is it sunny at six um no oh okay i thought you were going to say it's really sunny I was like, well really we're not jealous. i'm not there in the summer so, so is, when it's actually hot hot yeah too hot i'm not there okay um so this time of year it's it's still super dark okay at six um but you're my power hour inspo. Honestly, I find it really hard, again, to actually get up and do productive things. This whole, I'm really trying to leave my phone alone in the morning. But generally, truthfully, yeah. I don't. Okay, so you get up at six. I get up at six and I check my phone. Check your phone. Um, I watch your story. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine, get out of bed. I've got my little, um, hello, Google. And uh, I've got it set to put the Side Hustle School podcast on first thing. So okay. it'll tell me the weather for the day and et cetera, et cetera. And then it'll start playing. It's about 10 minutes long and it's daily. Cool. So that's useful. So I can sit and listen to that and that's always some kind of morning inspo um and i get up cold shower yeah really yes. okay my husband does this he's ah. gonna be so happy to hear you that he yes. does cold shower every day cold shower every day no hot like no. at all and i'm like Not at that this time. is absurd to me hot showers come later but yeah cold, cold shower. shower okay and why why do you do that um i read all these benefits skin hair etc but the biggest thing that i found has been if I can force myself to do something that I really don't want to do first thing in the morning, I can do anything all day. Yes. And sometimes if I ever miss it, I feel 
off kilter all day really yeah cold water therapy is such a hype right now and i feel like i, I mean love I've, it. I've tried it a couple of times maybe not first thing in the morning maybe after a sauna for example or after a gym session <laughs> right. you know there's that shower outside the sauna in the gym Another i'll one. put it onto cold but yeah i feel like more and more people are talking about the benefits as you said uh, apparently it's good for your immune system good for waking up your central nervous system good for your lymphatic symptoms all these things exactly i've heard all this and i'm kind of going okay great but i know that i feel good so i'm just going to keep doing it yeah and the mental aspect that you said about doing something hard first thing every day that's it i love your you can do hard things motto that's my it's i've adopted it sorry i took it and no internalizing it i love it take it you're welcome i think it's i think it's so great um and then super normal stuff then it i'll often stretch sometimes i'll do a full yoga but not every day because i'm let's be realistic that's hard and well you can do hard things we just covered that you've done the hard (laughs) thing for the day (laughs) not doing two hard things i'll definitely stretch um in some way it's at least 10 15 minutes of stretching and then it's a very very normal morning and i'll make my coffee um but because i'm five hours behind um i tend to deal with all my emails and things right there and then because by the time i'm finished training everyone's out of the office so if i need to do anything Obviously, I schedule my phone calls for 7 a.m. Okay. So if I ever have to do an interview, um, a Skype call, anything like that, it's 7 a.m. Okay. So that all happens right then. I That's one of the reasons I check my phone. I mean, some of it is just to scroll through Instagram. Yeah. One of them is because any businessy stuff that I need to do has come through while I've been sleeping. Sure. Um, so that happens. I'll have breakfast, make a coffee, and then training starts at nine. And I let them live around the corner. Okay. So I can kind of do all my admin stuff for, yeah. for a good few hours. I, need to, I only need to leave at 8.45. Great. And do you do you live on your own in, in the States? No. So I live with one of my coaches, actually. Okay. And they're up early as well? Um, sometimes. Not so. No, she's not, she's not usually up with me okay. um, until about half eight. Okay. No, I just ask because sometimes people, you know, their environment is can affect, you know, whether they get up early or whether, you know, they right. partners, things like that. They um, often, I think that's something I've been hearing quite a lot since starting this show is like, well, my partner doesn't want to get up at 5.45. So what about that? You know? Oh, that does make sense, actually. Yeah. I think if my boyfriend was there, maybe I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Ooh. So <laughs> benefits of long distance relationship. <laughs> you can be you can do your own power hour okay the cold oh now that that's another person doing the cold water thing rob's not the only person i know about i think i know about seven people that are doing this i might have to give it a try i think maybe 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 do it just for a week well actually that brings me on it's almost (laughs) like you knew the challenge the power hour challenge so each week i've been asking my guests on the show to encourage our listeners to try something for one hour a day um or maybe just you know one thing a day that they can do this week to improve their health or improve their life or improve their mindset so go on hit me what's it gonna be okay i don't have a full hour i've got these two things first one have first thing cold child just get in it's not that hard if you can't do it start hot and turn it cold but finish on the cold you're not allowed to turn it hot before you get out Okay, but what do you, oh, how do you like, sounds really silly, but do you like splash the water on your face no, first? You put it on your shoulders? In. Oh my I gosh. I put my head in because, so the worst bit for me is torso. My legs are fine. It's back. It's back. I can't imagine turning my back and putting my shoulders mm. under the cold. But you can do it because you can do hard things. This is true. Yeah. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then this isn't really a performance one, um, but it's, we all fall out of touch with people who are important to us. Call your mum. Call that friend that you just, just sort of out of touch with. Make those friends arrange to speak to a friend or a family member every day this week 
that's and that great. sounds really hard oh I couldn't do that every day you you have 15 minutes that you've been spending scrolling on your phone yeah that's great not to make somebody I call people I'm a caller you know people who like to whatsapp <laughs> like to text I spend a lot of time in the day looking at screens so I like to phone people that's so great and I will be on the phone sometimes for an hour just just five minutes I won't I won't keep you and then an hour later I'm like okay love you bye I so, know in my own mental headspace I am so much better off when I have spoken to somebody that matters to me in the day out loud yeah that's great and especially because you live abroad right yeah exactly I think last year I've been this is my second year there and I found my first year so lonely and so difficult and you know I didn't think it'd be that hard someone that speaks English it's America we all know it's Florida oh Disney great um I found it really really tough so my support network at home has been so so important so yeah call up your loved ones yes great okay guys please let us know if you are getting involved this week let us know if you are going to try the cold shower thing call somebody that you love have a good chat with them maybe not at the same time i'm gonna (laughs) do the cold shower thing and i'm gonna let you know how it goes oh my gosh that's gonna be in my insta story not yeah oh gosh i'm dreading it but i'll give it a go (laughs) i will give it a go so my closing question for you jazz is I believe time is our most valuable commodity that we all have. I'm very grateful that you've given me an hour of your time today. So what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you? So I was very grateful for my intro and it listed a whole bunch of things, different things that I've been doing. And the biggest lesson I've had from time is that doing different things makes time slow down. Um, Suddenly things pass by us when we're getting into too much of a routine and I think we talk a lot about you know having a routine but I think mix it up a bit making sure that I have different experiences makes every year seem so much longer you know when you're a kid and years a year sounds like a really really long time yeah it's because you're experiencing new things all the time every week something's different every month you meet somebody or, or go to a new place that you've never been before and suddenly when we get to adulthood we seem to we get stuck in a bit of a rut and we do the same things over and over and over and I find time slows down when i do new things okay um and so i try and keep things varied yeah that's really interesting we haven't talked much about your singing i feel like i should put you on the spot and be like sing for us jazz but you play the guitar and you write your own songs yes. and you perform and you sing as well yeah it's a uh, keep things keep things interesting yeah. i like to keep busy you mm. know and music is a nice way to step away from sport for me it's a hobby um but one that it's nice to be creative in a, in a world that isn't so creative because sport is much more about it's yes or no, you win or lose. Results. Uh, it's results. Yeah. yeah. And there's not much room for creativity in sport. So I think being able to delve outside of it into music is a big release for me. Check it out, guys. Head over to YouTube right now and have a, and have a look. Um, she's <laughs> very good. Very good. Thanks. It's been awesome having you on the show today, Jazz. So for people who are listening today, if they're loving this episode as much as I am, then where can they find you online and in real life? So online, I am at Jasmine Sawyers pretty much everywhere. Jasmine is with a Z and no E because my parents are difficult. Um, And Sawyers is Tom Sawyer, but with an S on the end. So Jasmine Jasmine Sawyers, Sawyers, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page, YouTube, but I'm mostly on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. Um, And then in real life, I'm generally in central florida so that's no fun but what about competitions competitions. yeah so i will always announce my competitions on instagram but the next ones i have coming up are on 9th of february i will be competing in birmingham at the british championships awesome um indoor championships so you can come there to the arena in birmingham and and come say hi and and we're always hanging out afterwards if you want to 
actually say hi that's ace i'm booking a ticket <laughs> see you there guys get involved and i think it's really important for people to buy tickets to sporting events and as you said to actually you know come and see athletes perform you know i want to i want to bring my son i think it's really inspiring when you see live sport yes and often people as you said about you know the men and the women being you know on an equal par i think with other sports like football and rugby often families will buy tickets they'll buy a football ticket they'll buy a season ticket whereas when it comes to athletics it's almost like only athletes and families and people who are interested in that do you know what i mean it's like hardcore fans honestly the amount of people who have said to me i just you know i've never really thought about going but i bought a ticket and went and i loved it yeah and i think because athletics there's always something going on you're never going to be bored there's events going on all over the place trust me it's good fun come and watch us yes okay birmingham see you there guys thank you so so much for listening and thanks again jazz for coming in today i really hope that you guys are all enjoying the power hour podcast and please do let me know leave a review rate us on itunes that really does help us to grow the show and to reach more people to encourage them and to inspire them to make positive changes in their own lives i'd also love to get your suggestions if there's anyone you'd love to hear on the show then let me know thanks again for listening i appreciate your time see ya ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.